You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. Why don't you turn in your scriptures to Joshua 24. Again, this passage uh, in particular, verse 14 is where we'll start. Joshua 24. I've got one picture from Marshall. I saw, is Marshall here today? He is. Marshall, there you are back there. Is that your picture? Yeah, okay. All right. That's Marshall's picture from last week, the American flag. We're celebrating Veterans Day. And so uh, thank you, Marshall, for drawing. I didn't count all the stripes and whatever, right? There's 13, and, and, uh, but that's a great-looking flag. So thank you for, for doing that. Kids, as you turn in your pictures, you hear things from the sermon, and, and let's draw a picture of that, and uh, we want to help us review. So we're celebrating Veterans Day, and we were also looking at Joshua 24. We looked at verses 1 through 13. I had in mind we would get through 28. We would go there. I think what we're going to do is just look at two verses, 14 and 15. Um, Some of it's just preparation time. Some of it, though, I think is, this is like a steak. This chapter is kind of like a, it's like a steak that you just don't want to just cut a couple up. Let's, let's eat on this and move on. We kind of just, let's, let's see all of what's here. And I think to do it all would be too much. And so we're going to look at Kind of, I think, really a central idea here in Joshua 24. So let's read verse 14 through 15 as we look at this part of the chapter. God's word says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord... Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me pray for us again. Fathers, we come to your word again. We ask that, Holy Spirit, you would reveal truths that are here. Lord, it doesn't take that long to read two verses of your scripture, and yet... Lord, there's, there's a message in here for us to learn from, to, to obey. So, Lord, help us to understand it rightly. Help us to apply it rightly. Lord, help me to deliver this in a way, Lord, that exalts your name, that does not bypass the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we celebrate your grace, your work in our lives. And yet we look today at the call here to serve the Lord. So guide our time. Lord, keep us from distraction. Keep us. Keep us from thinking our neighbor needs to hear this. Father, we come, us, right here, individuals drawn together as a body of believers to listen to your word. So, Lord, work in our own hearts for your glory. Lord, do what you will today in us. In your name, amen. Well, today's text, what I just read, pretty short, two verses, but it introduces a call of God on the life of every believer who is a child of God in Christ. This is a call from God on the life of every believer who is a child of God in Christ. The call is, as the sermon is titled there, is choose this day whom you will serve. Questions come up. Will you serve the idols of the flesh or the eyes or self? Or will you serve the living God? And the call from the text 
is fear God, serve God, put away your foreign gods, and serve the Lord. Now, in saying this and in looking at these just couple verses here, it seems that we might be quick, and for good reason, to qualify them, to, to look at these verses and, and, and ask maybe, uh, look at maybe two different ways. One, doesn't God choose us? Right? We, we don't choose him. So it's, it's saying, choose the Lord. I thought the Lord chose us. Well, yes, yes. Ephesians 1 speaks of God choosing his own in Christ before the foundation of the world. But then a second thought, even though our own, even uh, say through our own Christian experience, we might look at these verses and also respond with, with kind of despair, who can even do this? Who can even serve the Lord? So the temptation today is look at this passage, either say it doesn't apply to us, we're chosen by God, so it, it doesn't apply, or, or on the other maybe extreme, throw up our hands and say, I cannot possibly do what this passage calls me to do. My house, serve the Lord. You know how my week was, how I failed in this? And the last one, in one sense, it's, it's correct. We, we can't serve the Lord. We must remember the God who calls us to obedience, who calls us to worship him alone. He's the same God that we just got done reading last week, verses 1 through 13. We read of his might, his power, his gifts, and on and on. This is the God, this delivering God, who calls us to serve him. So we're going to look at the text as it is. We'll make some comments along the way and then sort some of it out at the end as well. So look again at verse 14. Let's look at that one in particular right now. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. The first sentence here begins uh, two imperatives. Actually, in the verse, there's, there's four of them. You see, fear the Lord, serve him, an imperative. That's like a command. Here, do this. So fear the Lord, serve him. Put away the gods your father served. And lastly, kind of a repeat, serve the Lord. So we're going to look at some of these, but look at how the verse starts. It starts, at least in the ESV Bible, with a now, therefore. Maybe you have just a therefore or a, or a now. There's now. So at this time, uh, right now, here's a command before you. And it, it's, it's a connection to the verses we read last week. So it's not disconnected. From this, and we talked about this covenant ceremony, the suzerain, the the the, the um, sovereign over the land, and the vassal, the servant, and this type of covenant ceremony. An introduction last week, one through thirteen, who this God is, and now there's a now therefore. So, in light of who He is, now therefore, what do this in light of the God who has delivered you and led you and has given you all things. And the first command is to fear the Lord or revere the Lord. Many of you, you're familiar with Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Wisdom and instruction fools have despised. You want the beginning of knowledge? Fear of the Lord. The overall call of God to the people here, it, it served me. Yet serving the Lord, it's related to fearing the Lord. To really have eyes to see. To see God's majesty. To, as our song, to stand in awe. 
to have an eye towards this, this magnificent God who we stand before, to fear him. Yes, he's gracious, he's loving, he's just, he's holy. Joshua's going to point out later. He's his otherness, even his set apart from any created thing, any other power God has set apart. So fear him. In the Exodus account, where Israel comes out of slavery, out of through the Red Sea, God parts that sea. They come through the Red Sea and on the other side. They stand on the seashore after they've crossed the sea and they see the dead Egyptians on the shoreline that the waters covered. God covered those waters over them as they went in and they see them lying on the shoreline. And this is their response. Scripture records this in Exodus 14.31. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. And what happened? So the people feared the Lord. And they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Israel sees what God can do. They see his power against the enemy. And so they fear the Lord, which leads to believing. And in our verse, serving the Lord. So in our text, rather than these, I don't think they're disconnected. Fear the Lord, and once you get that down, then go serve the Lord. They're, they're connected. They lead to one another. Fear leading to belief. Fear that leads to serving or, or worship. So right fear of God leads to a right relationship with God. On the flip side, having no fear of God leads one away to seek his or her own pleasures, their own way. And that's what Israel was so prone to do, to do this. Even though God would send, he would send prophets to them, as we talked about in Sunday school, and he would warn them, but they refused to listen. That same Proverbs 1-7, where it talks about the fear of the Lord, the beginning of knowledge, in that same chapter, verse 28, it says this about the, uh, it says, then they will call upon me, that's the Israel, when calamity has come, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Now, what's that phrase? They shall have their fill of their own devices. We call iPhones that are house devices. That's not what it's saying. Their own, they shall have their fill of their own devices. It's here as a sense of having their fill, being satisfied in their own counsel and plan. You have a plan, Israel. You going astray, you have a plan, you'll be filled with it. You'll be satisfied with your plan, your counsel, going your own way. So one can seek God's counsel in the fear of the Lord, or go forth in your own counsel, but reap the fruit of that way. So the call is fear the Lord, revere him, honor him. But then we get to this idea of serving the Lord and serve him, serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. And the word serve here, you know, it can have that meaning like work for or labor for or serve like a, like a slave but I think in the presence of the Lord, that idea of serve, you could, I think you could fill in kind of interchangeably with the word worship. Worship the Lord. Fear the Lord, so worship him. Serve the Lord. Uh, it's interesting as you read through this, and perhaps you have, and I encourage you to, to read through the chapter as we look at these each week. Um, 
that word serve here, 12 times, even in these verse 14 through 28, 12 times this comes up, this idea of serving. And when the people abandon God, as they will in the book of Judges, we're not going to get there this time, but in the book of Judges, it doesn't take too long, not too many years later from this period, they serve the Baals. And here's the description. They serve, they worship the Baals. Here's the description of their, their abandoning. It says they abandon the Lord. This is the same people whom this is written to. says they abandon the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. Israel and us are involved in a daily worship war. Daily, if not hourly or minute by minute. So lest we look here at Israel and go, man, they couldn't even, they couldn't do it for a couple of years. Then they, and they, 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 they failed in this. They couldn't keep a single command and not have other gods. We, too, are born with the same problem. Sin has taken its residence in the heart of man, so we are easily prone to find gods that will replace the one true God. The most obvious is the little g God, the God of self, of me. I'm not... Terribly a, a, a country fan, uh, country music. Some of you are, so I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'll offend you because I'm going to read some lyrics. This is a song, perhaps you're familiar with it, that just came to my mind as I was thinking of this, this little God, how much we too are prone to serve the God of me. Do you remember that Toby Keith song? Uh, I think it's called I Want to Talk About Me. He, he talks in there about this song. Yeah, even my wife's like, yeah, I remember that one. Talks about his girl, I don't know, his girlfriend, something, whatever. She just talks and talks and talks about all sorts of things. And, and it's like he can't stand it anymore, and here's the chorus line. See if this relates. I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I. You can probably sing it, right? I want to talk about number one, oh my, me, my. What I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 usually, I'm playing work, you know, but occasionally I want to talk about me. That's, I mean, I don't know how we got Toby Keith into a sermon, but we did, and, and it just brings forth this idea. We'll listen for a while, but man, we really want, we want us. We're really, I mean, I don't know, I think it's more than occasionally. We want to talk about me. We want to, I'm, I'm the most important. Life to a large extent, again, without the correction of God's grace in our lives, which he is at work in our lives to correct this, you and Christ, it is about me. It's my pleasures, my wants. It's what makes me happy. We want, we demand people treat us a certain way. We want respect or serve me promptly. I expect at a restaurant it's going to happen promptly. Maybe a spouse, we expect them to meet our needs. This was my need. I want you to do this. Fill in the blank. Your children, your work, whatever it is. James speaks of this person, the person whose passions and desires are at war within. He says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. The God of me is an attractive God. 
very attractive. Well, the call here in Joshua, the call to serve with sincerity and faithfulness, there's a completeness to this call to serve the Lord. Literally, serve the Lord with integrity and with truth. Don't be false to God. Be the same all places. Be faithful to the Lord in every part of you. That means as we're listening and as we look at this page and look at even just we've just gone one sentence here, that in sincerity and faithfulness and integrity, we evaluate every part of our life and say, Lord, is there a place where the gods have crept in, the little gods? They've crept in and I'm looking here and there and I'm doing this and I've, I've forsaken you. So what does Joshua say in the next sentence? Same verse, next sentence, put away. Put away any other God, put away the gods and serve the Lord. I don't think Joshua, he's not laying some sort of revised salvation plan for salvation is by faith. Lord, Abraham believed and he credited it to him as righteousness. He's calling out to those who have been called of God, that's Israel, the people of God, who have such a gracious God, the suzerain, they're the vassal, suzerain, the gracious one, he's calling them out, he's provided for them, and so he's saying, put away other gods. Would you look quickly, hold your hand there, whatever, but head to the book of Ephesians 4. I want to, in a New Testament way, in a gospel, Christ has died, risen again, New Covenant way, look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, in particular, verse 17. If you would look there, Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. There's another place in in Colossians that has a similar idea. But this is language for believers. Paul has spoken already in this letter. There's a a direction in this letter. He's spoken of the blessings in Christ. Like what we said, Ephesians 1. He has chose us. He's chose his own before the foundation of the world. So we know who he's talking to. He's predestined us to adoption as sons of God through Christ Jesus. We're sealed in Him by the Holy Spirit. We're saved through faith as a a gift of God. We did not earn it. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. So none of this is our own doing. This is not a a different way. Put away gods and you'll be saved. This This is who you are. Now what do you do? In Ephesians 4, the call is to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Are you walking like you've been called? And you can say the same for Israel. Are they walking? The God who called them out of Egypt, are they walking before this God? Now look at what the text says, Ephesians 4, 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We are a new creation. 
you've put your faith and trust in Christ, realizing I am a sinner, I cannot stand before a holy God in my sin, and you have put your trust in Jesus. You're a new creation. You say, Jesus, you're my Lord. You've been born again. And though we wrestle with the old man, we are being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit as he points us to Christ so that we can put away other gods by his power at work within us. All right, back to Joshua and then look at verse uh, 15. Joshua 24, look at verse 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says something interesting here. He prefaces the call. You see the call, the kind of our sermon title in there, choose this day whom you will serve. There's something that comes before that. If you think it's evil or if you're, how does it say it in here? If it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose. Or if you think it's evil or wrong or bad, or if you think maybe another word might be unsatisfactory, this is not satisfying to serve the Lord. If you think that, if your eyes see that, then go ahead, Joshua says, make a choice. I think he's asking them, what do you see? What do your eyes see? Do you see God for who he is, or are you blind? And yes, you have eyes, but they are eyes for only the world or for other gods. Jesus speaks of the eye as the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And what do we remember about Jesus? What did he do? He went around healing. He would heal the sick and the lame and the the blind. He healed them on more than one occasion. So to choose God, we must be given eyes to see God. That song, Amazing Grace, I once was blind, but now I see. It's by grace. Do you see God for who he is? For his power, his might, his beauty, his majesty? Do you desire God? Then then praise God, for he reveals this to you. And it's only through this revelation that we would seek after and choose God. So then, Joshua calls them, choose this day whom you will serve. This day, this day, the day, the this, this one. Who will you serve? And the question really for us is, right today, who will you serve? We're not worried tomorrow. We can think about that. Think about the generations. We're not, not saying don't think about that. But today, who will you serve today? And that same choice is before us. If you've been called by God, meaning you've been given eyes to see Jesus, then who will you serve? Joshua lays out the options here. There's uh, three of them, really. There's the gods beyond the river. Uh, I don't have an explanation for the gods beyond the river that your fathers served for Maybe beyond our river, are they the gods of what Hollywood or New York would have, the gods of entertainment or fashion? Here's a god I must follow. They're beyond the river. That's the direction I'll go. That will bring me happiness. This will finally give me pleasure. Or maybe the gods of the Amorites. 
I don't know about exactly what gods those would be, but maybe for us the gods of self, the gods of money or selfish pleasure, the push to be successful, to make it in life, to make a name for yourself. But Joshua replies with those words, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's at this point that perhaps we could dim the lights, have a keyboard playing in the background, and make a call to each of you. Will you and your house serve the Lord? And that is a question for you. But I want to go even further than just a mere call today. Just a mere call. Will you do it? Yes. I want to go further because we see in the next verses that the people and Joshua are going to go back and forth regarding this question, are you able to serve the Lord? It goes back and forth. So I want to give a couple concluding thoughts, and, and they will surely bleed into kind of where we're going next week and where the text goes next week to look at the rest of it. As we think about, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Remember who it is you're being called to serve. Consider, we looked at that last week, Consider the one who calls. Don't go serving without considering. We have a mighty God that calls us to what he's calling us here. In him is the fountain of life. All the earthly joys, they ought to point to his ultimate being and character as the most beautiful one. So consider him who calls you to serve him. And then what about serving when we can't? What will it look like to serve the Lord, to forsake other gods? And so before we jump in, come away from this and say, I'm with Joshua. We need to consider the calling, what this is calling us to. Let me just remind you of some things. Serving God means being willing to leave family or lands or comforts for the cause of Christ. Serving God will most likely involve suffering. Serving God means a dying to self and involves dealing with sin fully. Like, like remember, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Or your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. We looked at that in Mark. Not, not literally, but deal with sin all the way. Deal with it fully as if you had cut your hand off. If this hand is causing me to sin, then if you're going to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah, I'm sure. We're we're kind of beyond the sure. We're, what does this mean? You, if it's evil in your eyes, if God has revealed this, go forward all in. So take time to consider jumping in with Joshua here for, for all of us. Take time to consider what we're jumping in to say. Remember Peter, the disciple and apostle, he was kind of a jump in there sort of guy, right? He said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And yet Jesus would predict Peter's denial later that same day. He said, I'm I'm with you to prison, death. I'm your guy. I have no idea. I don't know who that is. I don't know who Jesus is. So, So what do we do then? As I bring up Peter, do we throw our hands up and say, well, if Peter said he could and later denied the Lord, what hope do I have? 
to say, I will serve the Lord. What hope is there? Well, two answers. Number one, I don't think that's a bad thought initially. Not to stay there, but in this thought of saying, oh Lord, who can do this? We're facing the reality of our sin nature. We realize in that saying, when we say, yes, I'll serve, but I, I know, I know my tendencies. I know I am prone to fail and to put up other little gods. We face the reality of our sin nature. So we may look at a text today like this and say, not for me. I've failed this more than once to serve the Lord. I wish I could do this. Here's what's interesting with Peter, at least in that instance. Before the instance of of Jesus, when he predicted Peter's denial, Jesus had said this to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. This is our Savior talking. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. The God who calls us to choose him, he is the same God of deliverance who enables us by the gospel, do not forget the gospel of Jesus Christ, to do what he's commanded so we can say, it's not by my bow, it's not by my sword. I kind of, I got this servant thing down. I should probably go buy a coffee mug now that says that. And I'm not saying don't throw away those. We need the Lord to where we can say, I'm serving because he's at work in me. It's not by my bow, so that our boast is in the Lord. Augustine has said this, O Lord, command what you will and give what you command. You hear what he's saying? Command what you will. Lord, whatever you command. That's what we're saying. Lord, whatever you want. I see you. You're beautiful. I desire you. Whatever you want me to do. And then would you grant what you command? You tell me to choose to serve you. Lord, you're going to have to work in me to do that. And then will you say with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, recognizing that's what God has commanded and he has made a way through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're empowered by the Spirit and given new life so we can choose this day whom you will serve. Lastly, then, husbands, fathers, even those here that are single, a sense in your home, you're in charge of your home. That's I'm speaking to lastly. That, that home, you would say, this is, I'm in charge of this. This is my responsibility, this place. I want you also, again, with the grace of God, with this God of deliverance, to consider the calling of this passage and begin to think again, to just meditate on this. What would a house that serves the Lord look like? In my house, I'm not asking about what you think other houses or in my house. What is that house that serves the Lord? What would that look like? What would characterize a house that serves the Lord? And then even more deeply, does my house look like that? Somebody drive by. And again, that's not why we're doing it to show. They drive by. They know our house. They go, yeah, that's they serve the Lord there. It's a house that serves the Lord. Does it look like that? I encourage you, repent if need be. If you see areas and houses and 
parts and nooks and crannies of your house that says, this is, does not look like we serve the Lord here, then repent. Don't let Satan take you off track and go, yep, forget it. I lost. It doesn't apply. I can't do that. Let it drive you back to the Savior. And then by God's grace, go and serve the Lord in worship. Let me pray for us. Father, the text tells us to fear you, to choose you, to serve you, to put away other gods. Ephesians tells us, put off, put on. Lord, I pray that many, if not all of us, would say, oh Lord, what a wreck we are to have done this. We have failed. I failed already this morning. Lord, to realize the nature of our sin, and yet, Lord, that you would guide in this realization to come back to Christ Jesus, who Hebrews 12 speaks as our author of our faith, our perfecter of our faith, our King. Lord, you're so gracious to sinners such as us. Lord, may your grace work in our lives. May we see suffering, trials, those things as your grace that lead us again, Lord, to you. When our flesh is tempted to boil out, and it does boil out, may we, may we see that as your grace to see that you are working on us to make us further into your image. Lord, thank you again for who you are. Give us enlarged eyes to see who you are and to worship you with all in lifestyles. We pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.